please take a seat. And good morning to you if you're visiting. A special welcome to you today. And I hope you can stay behind for a cup of tea and coffee. Chance to get to know us. If I haven't met you, my name's Campbell, pastor here at Cornerstone Presbyterian. And we're missing a lot of our ladies today, aren't we? Well, uh, I think there's quite a, quite a group of them have gone up for the women's conference today, so we pray for safe travel as they come back today. And please, please give your attention to the congregational meeting Thursday night, the 11th of October. That's a really important meeting. We really need all of you to come to our congregational meeting on the 11th of October to Thursday night, where we are looking at our plans for the next two years. So please make that a a real priority to be at our congregational meeting. And today we're continuing our series on the book of Proverbs and we're looking at walking arm in arm with Jesus in every aspect of life and today we're looking in particular at our speech, walking arm in arm with Jesus in our speech. Now in 1862, Abraham Lincoln spoke these words. He said, on the first day of January in the year of our Lord, 1,863, all persons held as slaves within any state, the people whereof shall shall then be in rebellion against the United States, shall be then, thenceforward, and forever free. And the executive government of the United States, including the military and naval authority thereof, will recognise and maintain the freedom of of such persons. And with those simple words, 3.1 million people were freed. 3.1 million people who had been enslaved, some of them their entire lives, were freed by those words. Such are the power of words. And some of us can recall at uh, sports day, back in primary school, you're running down the grass in the running race, and mum and dad call from the side, go! And you feel a burst of energy, don't you? You actually feel energised, physically energised, by those words. Such are the power of words. And sometimes someone has told you that you're useless or hopeless, And you felt almost physically drained by those words. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? We have all been uplifted by the words of others. We've all been demoralised by the words of others. And we have all energised others with our words. And we have all dispirited others with our words. How can our words have such power... How can our words have such power? And given that they have such power, how can I speak better words? Words that are going to build up my friends, my colleagues, my spouse, my children, my community. How can I speak words that will build up those around me instead of tearing them down? Well, the Bible answers these questions and we're going to look at the book of Proverbs in particular, but we're going to range across the Bible as usual in this series to see how the Bible answers these questions. And we're going to see that uh, speaking better words, speaking words that encourage others instead of tearing others down 
it, it, it's not a simple thing. I'm not going to give you seven steps towards being a more positive person this morning. It's not about that. God's word does something much deeper than that. It does something much more drastic than that. God's word comes and it, it doesn't give us seven steps, but it works on our hearts. It challenges and works on our hearts. And we're going to do that this morning. We're going to have God's word do that to us this morning from Proverbs and other key passages. So let me pray. Our Father, we, we pray, speak to us today. Father, I, I pray that the man up the front this morning will be nothing more than, than your ambassador, your messenger. And may we all just hear your voice speaking to us today from your living word. Amen. As we think about the power of our words, we think first of all about the words of God and how mighty the words of God are. The very third verse of the Bible, we read God speaking, don't we? And God said, light be and light was. That's the power of God's words. When God speaks, things come into existence that, that weren't in existence before. God's words have extraordinary power to create. And we think of our Lord Jesus on, on the boat, on the, the Lake of Galilee, and there was that mighty storm. And the disciples were, were terrified and they thought they were going to drown and, and the wind is, is howling. And our Lord simply says, what? Quiet, be still. And the wind drops, and the waves drop, and there is instant calm. It's the power of the words of God, the power of the words of the Son, the Son of God. And remember how the Son of God stood outside the tomb of Lazarus. And he'd been dead some four days, and his body was decomposing. And our Lord stood in front of that tomb, and he said, Lazarus, come out. And he spoke to that, that, that dead man, that decomposing man. And life entered into that dead man. And he rose and walked out of the tomb alive into the arms of his family and friends. That's the, the power of the words of God. And we think of the miraculous impact of God's word, the Bible across the world and through the ages, an impact that, that has covered all times, all peoples, all cultures, all places. Wherever this word has gone, there's been a, a, nothing less than a miraculous impact. Wherever the Bible has gone, slaves have been freed, the status of women and children has been elevated, education has been promoted, medicine ha has been pushed forward, technology has been energised, Justice and philanthropy have begun to take hold of people wherever the word of God goes. So let's begin by recognising that our God, the God who made us, his words have tremendous power. And because you and I bear God's image, 
our words also are very powerful. You see, we're made in God's image. His words are powerful. Now, our words don't have anything like his power, but they are remarkably powerful. And the book of Proverbs says, here is our first verse from Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Do you see there already the the power of of our words, that our reckless words can, can pierce Slay and destroy, but the tongue of wise people can bring healing. And Proverbs 15 verse 4 says that the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Cornerstone, do you see the power of our words here from the book of Proverbs? The tongue can bring healing, it can be a tree of life to other people, or it can crush the spirits of others. With our words, we can praise and honour God. With our words, we can pledge our lives to others and bind our lives to others with promises and vows. With our words, we can instruct others. It's words that turns a, a child into someone who can build a house. It's words that can take a child and turn them into someone who can can do remarkable surgery. They can heal the human body. It's words that can do these things. With our words, we can heal people who are grieving and who are hurting. With our words, we can inspire and energise entire nations. I've already given you a quote from Abraham Lincoln. Let me give you another quote from... One of my greatest heroes, not of the faith, but just of the human race, Winston Churchill, on the 13th of May, 1940, when England was was on its knees and the whole nation was ready to give up and ready to make peace with Hitler. And they were going to allow the German army to come over and to, 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 to take over. And the whole people were demoralised and ready to come to terms with the Nazis. And Churchill stood up in the British Parliament on the 13th of May 1940. And he said, you ask, what is our policy? I will say it is to wage war by sea, land and air with all our might and with all the strength that God can give us. Now you've you've got to picture Churchill here, don't you? With his his lisp and his upper-class voice and that deep growl that he had. And he said, you ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory, however long and hard the road may be, for without victory, there is no survival. And those words energized a nation. Those words lifted an entire nation who were on their knees to their feet and they began to stand up and to fight against that nation that would crush them and enslave them. The point I'm making from God's word is this, that as God's image bearers, our words have untold power to do good 
or to do harm, to build up or to destroy. And what does it depend on? What does it depend on? It depends on the heart. Whether your words, which are powerful, whether you like it or not, you are made in God's image, whether your words will build others up or tear them down depends on your heart, on the condition of your soul. And the book of Proverbs tells us, chapter 10, verse 11, that the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. Did you hear that? Whose mouths are a fountain of life? The righteous. But those whose hearts are wicked, violence overwhelms their mouths. Listen to this proverb, chapter 16, verse 23. The hearts of the wise make their words prudent and their lips promote instruction. You see, if your heart is right, if your heart is wise, prudent words that promote and lift up others. And this brings us to the words of our Lord Jesus. Now, when we move from Proverbs to the Gospel of Luke, it's not that we're just beginning to hear from Jesus because, of course, he's speaking in Proverbs. He's the author of Proverbs. He spoke through Solomon and through the other uh, authors of those Proverbs. But now we hear the words of the incarnate Christ from Luke chapter 6. And our Lord Jesus said that the good person brings up good things from the good that is stored in their heart. The evil person brings evil things from the evil stored in their heart. It is from the overflow of the heart, our Lord Jesus said, that the mouth speaks. It is so important for us to grasp this, this uh, simple, the profound principle that your words, which have the power to tear down or to build up those around you, will be determined by your heart. Our Lord Jesus said, the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. If your heart is full of evil, the mouth will speak evil, you'll tear others down. If your heart is good, then from that overflow, you will speak and you will build others up. It's our Lord himself who made you and who made me who says this. Think of a, think of a piano. It's very old and it's very broken and a lot of the strings are missing. And a lot of the hammers are broken. And of the remaining strings, the, they went out of tune in 1938. Picture this piano. A virtuoso will consider this piano. A virtuoso who has spent his 10,000 hours mastering the piano. He will sit at the piano and what will come out of the piano? A cacophony. A horrible noise. He's so skilled. He's laboured to master this, but he will sit at that piano and out will come an ugly and a horrible noise because the instrument is broken. And our Lord Jesus is saying here, you 
could be the most eloquent person, the most intelligent person. You have mastered the English language. But if your heart is evil, you will only speak evil eloquently. You will only tear others down eloquently. On the other hand, if the heart is right, then the worst stutterer will be a fountain of life. Think of Moses. He, he said to the Lord again and again, I, this just doesn't work, Lord. I, I'm not an articulate man. I'm not an eloquent man. I can't speak. But out came words of life from that heart. Now, are you listening to Jesus' words this morning? And Jesus, when Jesus says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, he is not talking to you this morning about others. Because so many are sitting here this morning and they're thinking, I hope he has heard the preacher. I hope she's listening to the preacher today or, and what our Lord Jesus... No! Jesus is speaking to me and he is speaking to you about yourself when he says, out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth will speak. And if you're listening, you'll bow your heads in shame and confess that you've dishonoured your God instead of honouring him with your mouth. That you've broken your promises and vows to others. That you've wounded others, you've wounded their hearts with your words. If you're hearing the words of Jesus today, then your first response will be to plead for his forgiveness. If you're hearing Jesus today, then you'll be pleading for his blood to wash away your sin and the guilt of your sin. If you're hearing Jesus, you'll pray today, create in me a pure heart, O God. Create in me a clean heart, O God. The words of Jesus bring us to our knees before him. And they bring us to that, 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 that prayer, the only prayer we can pray. If it's true, Lord, that I speak from the overflow of my heart, then give me a new heart. Give me a clean heart. Give me a pure heart. Give me what I don't have. I think of John Newton. We've all heard of John Newton. If you're not quite remembering who he is, you will in a minute. John Newton, as a young man, his mouth was full of obscenity. He himself said, when I was young, I swore my mouth was filthy. And he gambled, and he was a drunkard. You know, he even captained a slave ship. Did you know that? John Newton was the captain of a slave ship carrying human cargo from one place to another for profit. John Newton. 
And the Lord brought him to his knees. The Lord showed him his heart and he cried out for mercy. And the Lord gave him a new heart. And it didn't happen straight away. If you know the biography of John Newton, you know that this was in fact over decades that the Lord was working on his heart. But at the end of that time, the man who was profaning God was now singing Amazing Grace. This is the author of Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. You see what happens when the Lord takes hold of a man's heart, a woman's heart, and changes that heart instead of from the overflow of an evil heart, evil words, obscenities, tearing down others, abusing the name of God, comes out hymns of praise and joy. And Amazing Grace is an amazing hymn, isn't it? And who has not been lifted up by it? Who's not been built up by this hymn? Every time we sing it, we're built up by it. This is, this is the power of the Lord when he takes your heart and transforms your heart, then out will come words that lift up and build others up. With Christ's hearts, you may not always be eloquent, but you will be careful with your words. And I come back to our Lord's words here in Proverbs, Proverbs 10 verse 19. When words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. And he who guards his lips guards his life. But he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. You see, if the Lord's got your heart, you might not be eloquent, but you will be cautious, Proverbs says. Proverbs 15 verse 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. That's the heart of a person who's been transformed by the Lord. Gentle answers. How often have you and I, when someone is angry with us, how do we respond? With anger. In kind. And we try to be more angry than the other person and try to put them in their place. But those who've had their hearts transformed by the Lord, a gentle answer will come out that will turn away wrath instead of those harsh words which just stir up anger. And with Christ's hearts, you may not always be eloquent, but you will be truthful. You'll speak truth. Proverbs 15 verse 2. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. And Proverbs 16, verse 13. Kings take pleasure in honest lips. They value a man who speaks the truth. Those whose hearts have been captured by the Lord will speak carefully, and they will speak truthfully. I remember my very first sermon that I preached. It was in preaching class. And I thought I would show these people. I'd just come to this theological college. It was a little tiny college. And I was given a passage from the book of Acts. And I thought, I really understand the meaning of this passage. No one else has really grasped this. I'm sure I've got this. 
and I'm going to show these people that they're missing the point and so on. And I preached, preached my very first sermon. And my instructor, who later became my pastor, who later married us, said, okay, that was, that was fine, <laughs> but you entirely missed the point. You entirely missed the point. And he took that pin and he just burst the balloon of my arrogance and pride. Bang. And it's exactly what I needed to hear. He was, he was right. I was wrong. He spoke the truth. And that's what the wise heart does. That's what the Christ heart does. You see, he didn't try to uh, cotton wool me. He just told me the truth. And I needed to hear the truth. And the truth was important. And those who have Christ hearts will, will speak the truth. But they will speak the truth how? Speak the truth with, with love. Though I speak with the tongues of men, though I speak the, with the tongues of angels, Paul says, but I have not love, I'm just a clanging gong. I'm just a crashing cymbal. I'm just an annoying noise. I could be speaking the truth, but if it's not coming out of love, if I have the gift of prophecy, Paul says, and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have faith that can move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing, Paul says, nothing. And this is the Christ heart. It will speak the truth, but it will speak the truth in love and with love. It won't use the truth like a weapon. And how many times have we done that? We've taken the truth and we've cut someone down and we've upset them. And then we say, well, I've only spoken the truth. But it didn't come from love. And we were using it as a weapon. And so the Christ heart will never do that. But we're all thankful for those who have spoken the truth to us in love. So Cornerstone Church, please know that your words are powerful. God, you're made in God's image. And by that very fact, your words have power. They're probably much more powerful than what you think. Power to tear down power to build up your friends your colleagues your spouse your church your children your community your words are very powerful and our lord jesus has told us today that our our words come from the overflow of our heart what comes out of here comes from there so let us pray for those new hearts. The heart of Jesus. The heart of love. So that our mouths may be a fountain of life to those around us. Let me pray. Yes, Lord Jesus, we, we confess our... <clears throat> our unloving words, our lies, 
we confess uh, we've so often spoken in order to manipulate others, to hurt others. Lord Jesus, we repent of this. Give us those new hearts, we pray. We pray that, that our mouth may be connected to something good and not something wicked. And we pray that you'll fill us with your spirit. Pray that we, you'll fill us with, with your heart, hearts of love. We pray that from a heart of love, we will speak wise and careful words. And from a heart of love, we will speak the truth to those around us. And I pray that parents here might be a fountain of life. Their mouth might be a fountain of life to their children and to each other. And I pray that that our mouths may be a fountain of life to to our friends, to our colleagues. I pray for those here who have influence in the workplace, in the community. That you'll give the hearts of Christ to them and that they will speak words that that lift up, build, and tear down falsehood and error and bring light and life and truth. May we speak as you speak, Heavenly Father, and we pray in your name. Amen. Thanks, Mr.